You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get this show every day. I need you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Mets. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. To try it yourself, go to BuiltBar.com and get $10 off your first purchase by using the promo code Locked On. On today's show, what I want to do in the first half is talk about the money aspect of the negotiations between the MLB and the MLBPA in trying to restart the season amid the coronavirus. And then later on in the second half of the show, going to go back to some franchise what-ifs and talk about Brian Cole, Mets prospect who tragically died in a car accident. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizeOnline.com. Now, when it comes to starting the season, again, money is a big factor in whether we will see baseball or not. And the reason being that the owners and the players are basically in a game of chicken where they're trying to figure out how to get the season to begin. And basically the owners are trying to squeeze money out of the players to offset some of their losses from not getting the gate, you know, the ticket sales. And of course, you know, playing less games and everything that comes with that. I mean, when you're talking about not having fans, you're talking about no money for concessions and parking and everything else. And also when you're talking about cutting half of the season, You're even missing a lot of the TV dollars that Major League Baseball would usually get. Basically, Rob Manfred and the owners are saying that if the players don't take a significant pay cut, then basically Major League Baseball would have to run at a loss to get the operations back and running and to conduct the remainder of the season. For the players, they're saying, look, we're taking all the risk. We are already going to make less money because we're not getting our full salary. You're asking us to risk injury and risk you know, our health as far as the coronavirus is concerned to entertain and go back out there. And if the money's not there for us, what do you expect us to do? Do you really expect us just to cave and go out there and play? I think the owners anticipate that at some point the players are just going to kind of, you know, take whatever money they can get for this year. I mean, you're still talking about some money being better than no money. So some players, if they can get a majority to vote on it and a majority agrees, then maybe you see a season start. My opinions on this, though, is I can't help but side with the players. And the reason that I say that is because it's not even about the risks. I don't understand why, and it happens all the time. Fans are just always against the players. They see the players as millionaires, and they are always against this idea of a player not agreeing to play a kid's game to get paid what 
would still be more money than a lot of people who are also hurting financially right now. So if you're talking about, you know, Johnny whoever who works at a restaurant who's not making any money right now and he's hearing that Fernando Tatis Jr. is only going to make $90,000 to play baseball this year and Fernando Tatis Jr. is, you know, I don't even know exactly how old he is, but he's in his early 20s and he's going to go and he's going to have his expenses handled for him at hotels and stuff and he's going to get to play baseball and he still gets a little bit of money. You'll say, you know, why isn't he going to play? And I can understand that opinion. At the same time, what you're essentially saying is why can't the millionaires, or in the cases of someone like Tatis Jr., the, I don't even know what you describe them. I mean, they're making less than a million a year on a regular season, but still, you're saying why don't those players take the loss? But you're not thinking that the person or the people that could be taking the losses are the billionaires, the owners. And it's one of those things where fans are always quick to judge the players, but they're not quick to judge the owners who have more money than any of these players. And so you can say it's not feasible as a business to start the season, and you can say that it doesn't make sense, and we should all wait until the coronavirus kind of subsides and it can be business as usual, hopefully in 2021. But if that's the decision that is made, I would blame the owners before I blame the players. You can say the players should have agreed to whatever terms, but again, if you are, let's just say, Marcus Stroman, right? Bring it into, into the Mets' perspective. If you're Marcus Stroman and you have kind of had your whole routine thrown into whack, okay? You aren't pitching at a facility with your actual pitching coach and your catcher and everything else. And you are at this point, what? I mean, we're in May, close to June. He is six months away from free agency for the first time in his career. And if there is a season, or if there isn't a season this year, they said all the players are going to get a year of service time. So for Stroman, and I'm not saying that he doesn't want to play, but I'm just saying for a player in a similar circumstance like Stroman, he can sit out this year. He had a good year last year. He was an all-star. He was a really good pitcher last year. And he could hit the market as one of the top free agent starting pitchers without risking injury, without risking his health with the coronavirus, all of that. So when you look at that and you tell Marcus Stroman, hey, we want you to risk everything. We want you to come back and pitch this season. But we want you to do it at an extreme discount, and we want you to make you know 20% of what you're supposed to bring in this year. That is a tough ask for Stroman or any of these players. And so when I look at this situation, I hope that a deal can be you know ratified, something can happen where the season can start and it can start in a healthy manner. But I'm not going to sit here and criticize players for seeking what they deserve. Rather, I'm going to criticize owners for always caring about the bottom line where they will hide behind the charade of saying, we want to bring baseball back and bring some normalcy to this country, yet they're not willing to actually 
be the one that suffers and has to, for once, not make money, which is all they really care about. So that that's the way I look at this. I just don't understand why we always side with the billionaires as opposed to the millionaires because we care about the team and you know the blue and orange and the Mets as uh, in an organization over the actual players who are you know putting themselves out there to you know win ball games and make us all happy. So that's just my thoughts on it. Obviously, all these talks are ongoing, and we don't really know how they will unfold over the coming weeks and months. Built Bars are the tasty and delicious treat that you all should eat. I'm telling you, there is nothing like a great Built Bar in the middle of the day. Today, I had banana nut bread Built Bar covered in chocolate. It was outstanding. There are 16 amazing flavors eight chocolate nut flavors, and eight chocolate nut-free flavors with all bars covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and they are healthy too. Built Bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. The Peanut Butter Brownie Bar has 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, just 3 grams of sugar, and 3 net carbs. If you want to try some of these great protein bars today, all you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This podcast is sponsored by the audiobook edition of 24 Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. In this reflective inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie May shares the inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. While they regarded as the greatest all-around player in baseball history, the beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages his lifetime of experience, meeting challenges with positivity, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a forward read by Bob Costas and a bonus conversation with Willie Mays and his co-author, John Shea. Whether you miss seeing your favorite players on the field this season or are looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is the inspiring story of one of sports fans' favorite living legends. Buy the audiobook of 24 now wherever audiobooks are sold. So to continue what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks, talking about some of our franchises, what ifs on the Locked On Podcast Network, I just wanted to retell the story of Brian Cole for young Mets fans who might not have remembered the Mets prospect from the late 90s and early 2000s. So Brian Cole was going to be, or he was supposed to be, the next great outfielder for the Mets. He became one of the top prospects in all of baseball. The Mets drafted Cole in the 18th round back in 1998, and he just immediately hit right when he got to the team. He spent 56 games in Kingsport in his first season, batted 300 at a 491 slugging percentage and OPS over 800. He stole some bases. He hit with power, had 13 doubles, eight triples, and five home runs. He seemed like the real deal. 
1999, spends the whole season in low A in Capital City. Hits 316 with a 362 on base percentage and a 522 slugging percentage. Developed the power even more. Had 18 home runs and 71 RBIs. 41 doubles also. Stole 50 bases. I mean, this guy was supposed to be that five-tool player the Mets desperately wanted at that time. Go to the 2000s, and he split the season between Port St. Lucie and Binghamton and AA. He had 19 home runs, 86 RBIs, stole 69 bases, batted over 300, slugging percentage close to 500, OPS of 840. You look at his career slash line in the minor leagues, Across three years, he had a 306 batting average, a 347 on base percentage, and a 503 slugging percentage. Going into spring training in 2001, he was the third best prospect in the Mets system, very highly regarded, coming off a year where he was the Mets minor league player of the year. So he was heading to Queens very soon. Fortunately, on March 31st, 2001, Brian Cole was driving to his parents' home in Meridian from the Mets Spring Training Facility in Port St. Lucie when he lost control of his car, causing it to roll numerous times and flip over. Since he was not wearing a seatbelt, he ended up dying of the impact injuries to his skull, brain, lungs, and several other organs. His cousin was also in the car but was wearing a seatbelt, and he did not suffer any serious injuries. So last week, you know, we talked about Lasting's Millage and how the Mets looked to him as the next Brian Cole. And I think that really kind of shows the big hole that it was left in the Mets organization from this car accident. And of course, I mean, first and foremost, it's a tragic story for the Cole family and for his friends and all the people that knew Cole well that lost him that day. But for an organization, when you're looking at this from a Mets perspective, I mean, you're talking about a player that was stealing bases, hitting with power, hitting with average, who they weren't seeing a ton of holes in his game, who could have come out to the major leagues around 2001, 2002, and been part of those same teams that had David Wright and Jose Reyes and Carlos Beltran and all those great players in those teams that did form during those mid-2000s, 2006 to 2008, And Cole could have been part of all of that. And you just don't know what he would have been. Obviously, you know, people look back and they say he would have been a superstar. He would have been a perennial all-star. He could have been an incredible player for the Mets for a decade. He also could have been another Lassen's Millage. Maybe he got to the big leagues and it wouldn't have worked out. But that is one of those what-if stories that you really have to think about because it's a reality we didn't get to see play out. You know, Jason Bay, we talked about the difference that the Mets had signed Matt Holliday. We kind of have an idea of how that could have played out because Matt Holliday went on and had a really good career with the St. Louis Cardinals. Talked about Lasting's Millage. What if he was good? I mean, he wasn't, you know. We can say what if things were differently with that, but really, I mean, we saw the reality of that situation play out in front of us. So you go back through everything, and when it comes to this what if, I think it's really uh, you know more pressing question in the fact that we didn't get to see any evidence of what could have been differently. We had an idea of what the guy was going to be you know become. I mean, he was 
as good as anyone during you know his tenure with the Mets and their organization. He was invited to spring training that year, and he could have been in the big leagues that summer. So it is a really tragic story in Mets history, and I think one that may at some point be forgotten, but that's why it's important to kind of talk about Brian Cole and what could have been as we're now sitting here you know, 20 years, two decades past the car accident almost. And it's definitely something that I think will always be a part of Mets history for the people that really care about Mets history. Anyway, that'll be all for today's edition of Lockdown Mets. Going to get you one more episode to close the week, either tomorrow or Friday. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget If you want to get some other great baseball content, check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast right here in the Locked On Podcast Network. All you have to do to get the show is tell your smart device to play Locked On Fantasy Baseball.